or your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and uh, welcome to a Thursday. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to get through this morning and uh, take part in the show. It's always encouraged. You can also do that by emailing chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Today's uh, day underway. I'm going to be much better today for anybody traveling. Uh, no fog in the Treasure Valley. Uh, temperatures are at 46. Yesterday morning we were at about 30, so 16 degrees warmer right now than we were yesterday morning, so you're not going to have to worry about ice on the road uh, either. And if you're flying out of uh, Boise Airport or any place else that you might be listening this morning, um, FAA says all flights are on time so far today. Hey, they got the uh, God computer, for small favors, computer huh? glitch fixed <laughs> yesterday. And uh, for those of you who uh, had to travel, um, it kind of sucked. My wife was supposed to be home at 1 o'clock. She traveled from uh, Richmond, Virginia yesterday, arrived at the airport at 4.30 our time and was told, hey, just sit tight. You might be leaving soon. Maybe not. <laughs> About five hours later, she was uh, able to uh, get on a plane. And, of course, by that time, she'd missed her connection, so had to be uh, rescheduled yeah. for that flight into Boise. So, she, instead so, of, she, so she made a day of it. She Pretty much, yeah. So instead of getting uh, home at... Uh, one o'clock in the uh, afternoon. It was uh, about seven thirty last night. So her last two flights, basically, she has spent about ten hours mm-hmm. in, in in delays. Uh, so flight delays uh, from FAA out- outage, you know, are spilling into a little bit into the second day. But FAA says it's much better. All flights yesterday at this time, you might remember, had been delayed. All yeah. domestic flights in the United States. <sighs> Could be tired today. Did you stay up last night? Did I stay up? No. Mm. I did because it was a good game. Watched the uh, Boise State UNLV game. Mm-hmm. I didn't stay up and watch the end of it, but I, I, I kind of wish I'd watched the second half, but I didn't. I was just going to watch till halftime and then go to bed, and then I made the fatal mistake. They were down by one at halftime, and uh, by the time I got to bed, got everything ready, turned on the television, they were they were up. Mm-hmm. And I go, God, now I've got to watch it. So <laughs> I ended up watching until after 11 o'clock. And then they got further up and yeah. further up and uh, further up. Huge, huge win for Boise State. That's another quad win, one win. You saw a big jump in the uh, rankings from Boise State after beating Utah State last week with a quad one win. They jumped from like 60s to 30s. This uh, will help them out as long as they take care of business in Wyoming. Wyoming, by the way, last place in the Mountain West, but it's a hard place to play in Wyoming. You're playing at, what is it, 7,400 feet above sea level in uh, Wyoming? So mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 even even if the team is not usually, in this instance, this year, that you good. Get, uh, you get winded. You get you get winded. Um, and I, I really feel that uh, Boise State's going to be without Schaefer um, coming up this week. He was not himself. You could tell even in the first half – that he was not himself. Um, he was okay offensively, but he was he was hobbled by the sprained ankle that he's been dealing with. Yeah, and he he you, you could really see it defensively because he wasn't able to move off that ankle. So he got beat multiple times, and then he re-injured the ankle on mm. a lay-in in the last couple of minutes and asked uh, to be removed from the game. So. Um, 
hopefully he's okay, might be resting against Wyoming, but they're going to need him next week because you have games against New Mexico and uh, what's the other team? Is it San Diego State next week, I believe? That's yeah, so it's it, two of the tougher teams. I can't remember <laughs> if those right. are the two teams yeah. exactly. Reasonably but. tight schedule. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, congratulations. Um, we'll to be talking more about that in sports today with Rick Worthington, uh, but congratulations to the Broncos. That was, that was a big, big win because, like we've been talking about, it's going to be really hard mm-hmm. to uh, win in – on the road, and UNLV was coming off a win against New Mexico, who you know had been undefeated in then, Mountain West play, and then lost two in a row. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, the next game will be coming up. You'll hear it here on uh, News Talk KBOI coming up this weekend, and that game is at Wyoming. Other news we're going to be talking about coming up here for you today. <sighs> Biden's week just continues to get worse and worse. The uh, we had told you this week earlier that they had discovered um, a bunch of classified top secret documents at his office that uh, were discovered on November second, and just yesterday or earlier this week the uh, info was finally released, and then uh, yesterday apparently another batch of classified documents were found in another location. Adding to the week's trouble mm-hmm. of, I'm sure we're going to hear the same thing. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> how, how did they get there? I don't know how they got mm-hmm. there. Um, so all of those people who have been complaining, Democrats, and we've got phone calls here saying, oh, this is nowhere close to as bad as what Trump did. Is it making it any worse now that You've got two locations where classified documents who should never have left the White House are now in two locations, unsecured, by the way, locations. Now, oh, the, the, now the, it makes you wonder, the, the okay, part, how many locations does he have of secret classified the, documents? Uh, the, the worst part was, you know, when he came out and said that he just couldn't believe anybody could uh, be so stupid as, as to have, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, private... Uh, top secret documents uh, at their home and then all of a sudden they find that he's got some left over from the obama administration yeah that didn't age well six years ago so this is this is just the latest um there is some thought that the the reason why this is coming out now because people was like well it's happened november 2nd we want to know why it didn't get released the week that the information became knowledge to the department of justice to the white house why is that just now getting released, and some people are saying that Congress had gotten wind that the documents had been found, so they tried to get ahead of this, and the hearings were going to be called. Well, hearings are going to happen anyway now, um, but hearings were, were going to be called yeah, since the GOP is now in charge. Merrick Garland is going to open up an investigation just like he did for Trump. Yeah, um, he's already named a special they, investigator uh, for that. They're trying to emphasize, you know, if if you have access to top-secret documents... Don't take them home. Good advice. Don't don't keep them. Um, I, I'm I'm not even sure. Here here's the other thing. I, granted, now I know I know Biden doesn't pack up his own crap. Probably just like Trump probably didn't pack up his own crap yeah. and and move it. But neither, neither one of them seem like big manual labor type guys. N- no, 
No. But, you know, you have lawyers and you have people that are going to be doing that. Shouldn't one of the first things you, yeah. you have done is say, all right, as you pack up my well, stuff, and before, go through it and make sure there's nothing that should be leaving the White House. Exactly. The White House. And before you, uh, you know, criticize somebody else, you tell your people, hey, make sure we don't have any <laughs> yeah. of those. And the other thing, I, I halfway believe, you know, Biden when he says, I, I had no idea because, you know, that that's basically his modus operandi anyway. I'm sh- I don't think he has an, a good idea of a lot of stuff that is going on. So um, kind of halfway believe him in this. We'll talk more about that coming up also a little bit later this morning. Uh, the uh, death threats in CUNA over the CUNA rodeo. Man, the Wild West is alive and well here in Idaho, isn't it? <laughs> The, again, again, first rodeo I've ever heard of <laughs> that was canceled because of death threats. We will uh, talk to the people who started the uh, rodeo last year again after a decade, uh, over a decade of not having it. Get some of the information on that. That'll be coming up here at about 835 right now. Time for another check on sports with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in Cuna, the place to go for breakfast and lunch every day, seven days a week. They open up at 7 a.m. Good morning. As we look to the NFL playoffs, there's going to be some pretty good NFL action this week. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen addressed the media yesterday ahead of their wild card game against the Miami Dolphins. Allen said attention to detail is going to be the key to their success, regardless of who is out there on the field. I mean, I think it's the same approach that we've taken every single week. Um, you know, obviously, we try to we try to win every single game that we play in. This is no different. Uh, we just know that. You know, it's it's winter, go home. And, um, you know, there might be a little bit more attention to detail, but, again, this is the, the standard that we set for ourselves and Coach McDermott sets for ourselves is playoff caliber. Now that we're here, it's championship caliber. So um, there's always going to be that just little little up in effort or attention to detail because, again, like guys don't want to go home. You know, we're playing for each other. We love each other, and, um, you know, we've got a job to do. Bills and the Chiefs are the favorites to win in the AFC, but the Miami Dolphins are a division rival, and that adds a little something to this game. We're division rivals. Um, obviously, we've seen each other twice. We've split one and one. Um, we've they've they've played really well. We've played uh, uh, really well, and it's two teams coming in. It's the playoffs, so it's no hold bar. Anything anything goes, and again, it's it's all about trying to win a game, and um, you know that's all we're trying to do. We'll have more on the NFL playoffs for you, of course. The Seattle Seahawks, we're your home for them right here on News Talk KBOI. Their game is Saturday. It is the first game up on the schedule where they will play the San Francisco 49ers. As for the uh, Dolphins at the Bills, that's the first game on Saturday. There's games Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday night football game as well. That will be Dallas at Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624. Some emails in uh, discussion we had yesterday during the last part of our show, coming in after the show, and that has to do with the uh, new proposal from the Caldwell School Board about uh, instilling all-sex bathrooms, basically. Um, That if you identify as a certain sex, you can use that bathroom as you want. As of right now, it's just a proposal. And because of the uh, chaos on uh, Monday night's meeting, they had to cancel that meeting 
early. Uh, I'm hearing reports that I think the uh, next meeting will be happening next week, and they were planning on holding that at a bigger location because there were a lot of people <laughs> yeah, who that, couldn't get into the last that, meeting. That might be uh, a good idea. And um, probably one that uh, doesn't have... Uh, <clears throat> You know, great acoustics would be nice, too. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll have a... That way you a, can only hear one voice a, at a time. A better microphone, too, because, yeah, I mean, idea. it wasn't a great microphone, part of like, it. Teresa writes in, Hi, Mike, we attended the Caldwell School Board meeting on Monday. What was reported by ABC was not what we saw. Somewhere around 1,000 people showed up, all except about three were in opposition. I know this because we had 16 pages of 25 signatures we had collected just from those outside and from the end of the line forward, about 200 people ahead and in the weight room and 90 in the meeting room, all who had signed in our uh, pads, but three were in opposition to this. Ms. Pacina, the board chair, began looking away when Senator Trakel began talking. She then started whispering to another chairman with her back to Senator Chris Trakel, our elected official. He politely called her name and stated he had the podium. Please listen. She interrupted him, and then he adjourned to uh, walk as... Oh, then he continued to talk as he said it was his time at the podium. She then had the meeting adjourned in the middle of his talk. That is at two hours and four minutes into the meeting video. Just wanted you guys to be aware of the overwhelming attendance by the public. Thought it would be a great time to do a show out of the studio. If you do that kind of stuff, there will be another meeting in two weeks. Okay, I guess it's two weeks, she says, here at a larger um, venue. Yeah, this isn't, uh, I don't think this is like a hometown breakfast where we would go and do a Not, not quite the same thing. Or, yeah. <laughs> Unless they're going to hold that meeting at 6 a.m. Chances are we won't yeah, be there. No, probably not going to. Um Lisa wrote in, Mike at KBOI.com, another email, said, Instead of blaming or punishing the trans kids or shaming and blaming girls in the bathrooms for making themselves available for assault or pictures, harassment, or any type of sexual abuse, why don't parents teach their boys and sons to respect women? These parents at the Caldwell meeting should be as passionate about educating their boys at home instead of yelling at public officials who have had one of their hardest no-win positions in the communities these days. That's from Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, for that. Story is not going to go away any anytime soon. No, I, I would guess it's, or I would bet that it's not. Here, here's the other thing that is an interesting question. I'm just going to throw out there before we have to take a break. How many more schools are going to be having the same discussion based on our discussion that the education association? This is a requirement. Well, the department, the Department of Education, it's their policy. Yeah. So it. Apparently, there are some schools. Twin Falls, um, we talked with uh, Senator Nichols yesterday, and she had sent uh, a release that apparently Twin Falls has already had this conversation and adopted the policy at Twin, Twin Falls schools. So maybe there wasn't a big as pushback as there is in Caldwell. Apparently not. Yeah. But if this is the uh, you know policy, then how many more schools in Idaho are going to be having meetings just like uh, this? All, all of them? 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Now it's all backed up. This this is insane, man. This this going to be traumatized, especially with three kids. It's going to be traumatized. This is a nationwide thing? That's crazy. That's scary. FAA grounded all flights in the country yesterday morning. Matter of fact, right at this time, after a computer outage caused by a problem in the notice-to-air missions. So when you hear, hear people say, no, Tam, 
That's what they were talking about. The NOTAM system was down yesterday. And apparently that is quite essential. Yeah, it sends pilots vital information. That was a, a man who was flying out of Chicago's O'Hare International Airport, you heard, with three kids, which would just be terrifying, in my opinion. Even without the delay. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday morning, as I mentioned, all flights grounded. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg talked yesterday about what happened, and the government is not yet prepared to rule out any nefarious activity. Oh, great. We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and uh, of course, FAA is looking uh, closely at that as well as they work to see exactly what was going on inside the files that were in this system leading to this irregularity. So again, what I would say is there is no direct indication of any kind of external or nefarious activity, but we are not yet prepared to rule that out. I hope that that's not the case. Yes, me too. I said that yesterday first thing i certainly you know hope it's not you know, cyber terrorism yeah i've seen a lot of uh hacking over the last couple of years to uh government systems but you know as important is our faa system is to the country uh, i hope that's not something that yeah. we end up finding out oh yeah we were hacked by some people with bad intent Although, I mean, it's it's bad enough that it was down, and kudos to them. They got it fixed fairly quickly because by 7 o'clock, the uh, flights were were back and, and going once again. But anyway, we'll keep you updated on that story and more coming up here in News Talk KBOI. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through and take part in the show, always, always encouraged to uh, do that. It's time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly in downtown Guna. The best breakfast and lunch in Cuda is at the Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. Uh, Don't believe me? Check it out for yourself today. See the entire menu at porkbellyidaho.com and like them on Facebook for daily specials. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington. Boise State is now 3-1 and in the Mountain West and just a game behind San Diego State, who is, by the way, 4-0 and in the Mountain West. After the Broncos defeated UNLV last night on the road, 84-66. to Here's Bob Beeler. Tyson Degenhardt had a big night for Boise State, scoring 17 points, grabbing a career-high 12 rebounds, and dishing out six assists. He becomes the first Bronco since 2010-2011 to accomplish that feat. Coach Rice was impressed. He's in there battling guys and, and fighting, you know, taking charges. And, I mean, what a game and what a last couple games he's had. And that's, you know, you're not going to win road games without your best players playing well. And In the second half, the Broncos shot 71% and scored 53 points. And you can hear more about the game tonight at 6 on 670 KBOI with Inside Bronco Basketball. It's live at 10 Barrel in downtown Boise. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Now, we did mention that the Broncos are just one game behind San Diego State for the lead in the Mountain West. San Diego State is the only 4-0 team. Nevada is 4-1. Utah State is 3-1. And, of course, Boise State is 3-1 as well. Uh, all this is going to play out over the next several weeks. The Broncos have some pretty good games. The... Last place team is Wyoming, and that's who the Broncos will face next. That game will take place at Wyoming this Saturday night. Tip-off time is scheduled for 9 p.m. right here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
653. All right. I guess uh, no. We can look closer at whatever we want to. <laughs> uh, DeMar Hamlin was released. Uh, I mean, we know that a few days ago he was released from the hospital in Cincinnati, but he went straight to a hospital in Buffalo, and yesterday he got released from the hospital in Buffalo, too. Kudos to him for being a smart businessman also. Jamie Nadler, Dr. Jamie Nadler, the physician who led Hamlin's care at Buffalo General Medical Center, uh, told uh, the media yesterday, we have completed a series of tests and evaluations in consultation with the team physicians. We are confident that DeMar can be safely discharged to continue his rehabilitation at home and with the Bills, which I think would indicate that they expect that he can go back and play football. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't heard anything as of yet. I don't think they've figured out exactly what happened as of yet, but they're really encouraged from what I have seen about his recovery and uh, the fact that you know that they don't think that there's any long-lasting effects. So that yeah. could be good news for him if he wants to continue um, his his career. Uh, like I said, he's also a pretty smart businessman. You see, he filed uh, for rights for the brand. Uh, did we win? Serious? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you expect to see that on a, a T-shirt <laughs> fairly soon. And in the Madden NFL game that they still make, by the way, even though John Madden died a few years ago, uh, they uh, had a thing. You know, it's it's like if they say if it's in the game, it's in Madden. And they had uh, one of the touchdown celebrations. Is the guy who scored the touchdown? lays down on the ground, and somebody else comes up and pretends to give him CPR. Well, they've decided that uh, future versions of Madden will not, not have not, that not celebration good, anymore. Not a good look. Optics not good. Apparently, yeah, optics uh, uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Other uh, football news, uh, you've probably heard already, former USC running back Reggie Bush, Florida quarterback Tim Tebow. Um, they made college football Hall of Fame class, but... Unfortunately, one of the most successful quarterbacks in NCAA history missed the cut again. <laughs> me, Third time me, was not a guess, charm. Would that be Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore did not make the cut of uh, 18 former players in this year's class that was announced this week. The uh, He's going to make it. There's no way in the world you can't have one of the most successful quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, you look at Tim Tebow. Just made it this year, and mm-hmm. he's he by all well, rights he won the Heisman twice, yeah, yeah, um, national championship. So, and speaking he just of, made it this year. Speaking of Heisman's, Charles White died yesterday. Oh, I didn't hear at that. At the age of just sixty-four, I was going to say he wasn't very old. Yeah, he won the nineteen seventy-nine Heisman with Southern Cal. Uh, one more little piece of uh, news about Kellen Moore: the Carolina Panthers have officially asked for permission to talk. And interview Kellen Moore over their uh, head, head coaching, coaching position. Wow. So he had uh, a couple of interviews uh, last year with Denver and, and Jacksonville. Uh, didn't get those jobs, obviously, because he's still offensive coordinator for the uh, mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. But uh, they have officially, Carolina has officially uh, chosen him as one. And there's they've got over a dozen people that they want to interview. But before you can interview someone, if their season is not over, you have to ask permission. Dallas, of course, is in the uh, playoffs coming up this weekend. So um, they've officially asked permission. Interesting. It's not going to be too long. I, I really think he's going to have a head coaching job in the NFL pretty soon. I wonder if he would take the first uh, you know offer or hold out for you know a good position. In other words, with a team that 
he, you know, he knows, uh, has money behind yeah. it and everything. I, I mean, he's got a pretty good situation. I, th- I think he would hold out, like, the thing with Carolina, got a great defense. They don't have a quarterback, so <laughs> unless they can fix that this year, that's that's something he has to deal with. Well, maybe he could step in and be good. No, that's not a bad, that's not a good idea. Are we not going to do traffic and weather? Okay. Okay. What's that? You have one more minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, 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 I thought we had uh, traffic and weather usually at this time, but apparently um, not. I wanted to warn you, by the way, next Monday, you may want, well, we get next Monday off anyway, which is good. But uh, Monday, January 16th is supposed to be the unhappiest day of the year. Why is that? They call it Blue Monday, an expert in seasonal disorders First identified January as the most stressful month, and there is a formula that works out the worst day of the year. And this year, apparently, they say it's going to be Monday, January 16th. The formula takes into account uh, lousy weather, debts owed after the holidays, and the amount of time before you abandon your New Year's resolutions, which apparently is about 15 (laughs) days. Uh, I just want to let you know, because of the fact we have the day off on Monday, it's not going to be a blue Monday for me. Okay. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question coming up this morning. Uh, after eight o'clock, we will have a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. You can use it at any one or both of the locations if you would like, downtown Boise and in Meridian. And to be able to win that, all you have to do is be ready to call and answer our question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call them today, 208. 208- 888-4128, our question. Uh, this is the only country in the world that has ever made skateboarding illegal. It was uh, banned in the 70s and 80s in this country. One country, mm-hmm. skateboarding illegal. Which country is it? If you know the answer, stick around. After 8 o'clock, you'll have a chance to get that $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Phone numbers, 208-336-3700. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, good morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through and take part in the show. Um, we always encourage that. Now, the other thing you need to know those numbers for, um, we've got some winning coming up this hour. Uh, your first chance to get your four-pack of tickets to go see the Harlem Globetrotters when they're in town. Treasure Valley. They're going to be in Nampa on January 31st, the Ford Idaho Center. You have a chance to win those tickets coming up a couple of times today, and your first chance will be coming up this hour. So if you want to win, lock in that speed dial. Be ready to call. Also, Hank Williams Jr. concert tickets. They don't go on sale till tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., but we have a chance for you to win them before you can buy them, and we'll be giving those away coming up here this morning. So another reason why to know those uh, phone numbers. Keep in mind, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Coming up a little bit later this morning, we will uh, continue to talk about a story uh, that we talked about earlier this week. The city of CUNA has pulled the plug on its rodeo due to city staff receiving death threats. Uh, The commotion began last week after announcements were made that the city and uh, Crooked 8 Ranch were parting ways and forming two competing rodeos who were going to be held on the same day. Now, I know rodeo is popular, especially in you know, western states and places like Idaho. We've got a lot of rodeos that happen here. 
However, I don't know if uh, rodeos are popular enough to be held on the exact same day at the exact same times. In, in a relatively small <laughs> Yeah. It, it, within, you know, uh, a few miles of each other. And the problem becomes, how do you get all the cowboys to show up? Uh, it, it, that's where the problem There's a limited mm. amount of cowboys. So, uh, anyway, we've got the owner of Crooked 8 going to be in the studio with us to give uh, their side of the story about what's going on here the uh, city was working with Crooked 8 last year. They, I mean, they put together, Crooked 8 put together the uh, rodeo after over a decade of CUNA not having a rodeo. So they decided they wanted to bring it back. They spent a lot of money doing that, doing upgrades for an arena, get everything going. The city worked with them, and then uh, apparently the city decided they wanted to do their own rodeo and raise their own money to not only get new rodeo grounds, uh, but also get permanent facilities to be able to hold weddings and things like that. And that's where the problems came. We'll get the uh, details of the story. I just can't, I can't imagine somebody from San Francisco, Illinois, or some, you know, place that not necessarily into rodeos like that, especially in cities who have banned rodeos. You got Los Angeles who has banned rodeos. And then you, you know, because they've banned the rodeos because they don't like the animals, being, being, tr- being treated being treated the way that they're treated. They think mm. that, you know, they're hurting the animals. And so they've banned rodeos. You hear this story, it's like, what? There's death threats over a rodeo, and I don't... Wow, the Wild West really st- still does exist. People who watch Yellowstone going, wow, Yellowstone is real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I told you, in the in 1950s, uh, my parents knew some people that uh, uh, came from, uh, like, Philadelphia or something, and they had to uh, be picked up off the train at Shoshone because the, the, the train didn't go through Twin. You had to go up to Shoshone. And uh, whoever it was that was picking him up went up and picked him up, and they got off, and they were just mad. And the, the, the guy who picked him up couldn't figure out why they were mad. He finally asked him, and basically what, what they told him is they had no idea he was going to show up and pick them up in a car <laughs> because... <laughs> They thought that Western, they, they, they completely thought that Western movies and TV shows were set in the present day. Uh. They, they thought the West, Idaho, Nevada, Wyoming, Montana, uh, you know, Colorado, uh, you know, buck, even, buck, even probably parts of California. Buckboards, wagons, and horses. Huh? Exactly. They, really? They, they thought uh, that the, the West was just like it was in the movies and stuff. And this guy, you know, pulled up in a car to pick everybody up. And they were like, what is this? <laughs> where, where's, where's the stage? Or where's your wagon? Uh, reminds me of the uh, story of from a few years ago when COVID was going on. And the, there was a friend is on a flight from San Francisco. Yeah. And he was coming back to town. Uh, but he was walking behind a gentleman who was obviously from San Francisco. Now, you, you remember how many hard, fast rules there were in San Francisco. Right. Restaurants were not open. You had to have social distancing. Uh, masks were mandated because uh, if not, you were going to die. He was getting off the airplane, and uh, he was talking to apparently somebody, either a friend or family member back in San Francisco. And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, you're not going to believe this. He goes, people are walking around, no social distancing. Nobody is wearing a mask. This really is the Wild West. But I mean, if if you live in San Francisco, that's your world. You you don't realize there are other places. You know, it's like I'm not going to wear a mask. It's just you know, and obviously San Francisco, very liberal city. They had a lot of rules going on during COVID, so it could be kind of a culture shock when you uh, come to Boise, Idaho, during that time. Mm-hmm. 
We'll also have uh, some more uh, COVID-related news coming up for you uh, this morning. Um, kind of interesting. Two different stories that we'll be talking about. Um, one having to do that apparently COVID is not over, even though Joe Biden said that it's over. And uh, the other having to do with uh, COVID vaccinations uh, could be some good news if you have friends or family or you yourself are or were in the military. Those stories will be coming up here for you this morning. Uh, another email uh, in for you from Carlos says, I feel bad for parents nowadays. You have to be able to explain the birds and the bees, the bees and the bees, the birds and the birds. The birds that used to be bees, the bees that used to be birds, the birds that look like bees, plus bees that look like birds but still have a stinger. <laughs> You're not wrong, Carlos. You know, you know what's funny, though, is is the kids that are growing up today, they're not that confused about all this stuff no. because they've grown up with it. Yeah. And like I said, it's going to be interesting in 50 years to look back and see where we are in 50 years, yeah. you know. Uh, Robin writes in, uh, hi, Mike and Chris. I read an article on MSN. Regarding transgender requirements, it stated that the legal arena that they are losing cases based on science. Male is male, female is female. It is impossible to ignore the biology, uh, biology according to sex. Sex is not ideology. It is fact. Gender identity is a completely different animal. It is not okay to ignore a female or male who is uncomfortable with the opposition sex sharing personal spaces. I couldn't agree more. The solution, give them their own spaces. And that's what I mean. There are quite a few people are saying, "Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like the proposal in Caldwell, it, it's like give them their own space." However, according to policy, that's not even legal. Well, it's it's not that it's illegal. the The policy is set by the U.S. Department of Education, but it's not written in stone. In other words, so if if somebody refuses to Schools. follow policy, yeah. would they get well, would they get funding? jerked away or how, how do they enforce a, policy it's a possibility but uh for instance the, the department of education has a lot of leeway when it comes to schools that can't afford to make changes right away they uh they let them go several years when the when the americans with disabilities act came out there were a lot of schools that went maybe a decade without you know getting ramps and things like that mm-hmm. even though they were supposed to 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break for sports here. Uh, coming up, we'll uh, talk about money. Stock market was up, then it dropped really, really quick when the uh, super price index came out, and that, now it's back up again. We'll talk with Jeremiah Page, get some guidance on what's going on coming up here after sports. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Get in for breakfast every single day. They open up 7 o'clock. They're open 7 to 2 every day, Monday through Sunday. Good morning. Boise State men's basketball with a big victory on the road last night, 84 to 66 over UNLV. The Broncos actually down by two points, 33 to 31 at the end of the first half, but they had an offensive explosion outscoring UNLV 53 to 33 in the second half for that 84 to 66 victory. After the game, coach Leon Rice had a lot of good things to say about what his team did. Those guys, there's a reason why they average 21 turnovers a game. They get into you. And you got to be strong with the ball and, you know, shaves ankle, you can tell. I mean, that's no secret. He's not moving like he, you know, but I, I told him at halftime, you're going to have to go buy them for us to at least some. And, you know, he sucked up. He was terrific in the second half, but they all were. And we took charges. We got, re, you know, we beat him on the glass in the second half. Uh, we, we did, but, you know, you're not, there's these good teams that we're playing, you're not going to knock them out in the first half. There's, 
you know, there's no chance you go on the road and win a game in the first half or very, very little chance. And so it's about, you know, establishing what you're doing, figuring out what they're doing, and then, you know, adjust to it. And I thought our guys did a great job of adjusting. And they did in outscoring again UNLV in the second half, 53-33, to to help get that 84-66 win. Up next for the Broncos, they'll play the last-place team in the Mountain West. That's Wyoming. That game played in Laramie. 9 p.m. tip-off time Saturday. We'll have it for you here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. It's time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk KBOI. Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us. Him and what's left of his voice uh, anyway this morning. Uh, Stock market was up about 200 points a little while ago. Consumer price index report report came out, uh, instantly dropped about 200 points, but uh, now coming back a little bit. Go ahead and suss us through exactly what the report happened and why the stock market is responding the way it is this morning. Yeah, the the market reaction has certainly been interesting because it was in positive territory. Inflation numbers came out. We saw a steep drop, and then we saw a a quick rally, and it's really been struggling to find its footing, at least in the futures market, which is interesting because the inflation numbers that came out were they were right in line with expectations, which is encouraging. You actually had the consumer price index falling, not by much. It was by 0.1% in December. But the encouraging news is this is the biggest monthly drop in inflation that we've seen since April of 2020. (laughs) This is the first decline that we've seen in two and a half years. Now, true, the decline is very small, but the reality is it's a decline, and that should be a, a positive note for the market. So I was a bit surprised not to see a much sharper rally, but you had cheaper energy costs fueling the drop, encouraging news Food inflation is beginning the trend down a little bit. Food inflation was one of the top categories in 2022. So we saw it, um, we did see it gain, but we saw it gain, it gain at its lowest rate since April. So again, encouraging news on the food front. We should expect food prices to moderate as commodity prices begin to drop. So those two things should go hand in hand. So I, I expect that trend to, to continue. Kind of the takeaway from this, in my opinion, is that you're seeing evidence that these price pressures have peaked. Now, with price pressures peaking, this kind of takes the the urgency a bit off the Federal Reserve and the likelihood of them beginning to slow the pace of their interest rates, interest rate hikes, pretty high. But we need this we need this data to continue month over month. So. Um, as long as we're starting to see these inflation numbers continue to go down or continue to decelerate, this takes a bit of the uh, a bit of the heavy lifting off of the Federal Reserve's plate. Even though they're likely going to continue to raise interest rates, but they're going to be less lofty. Meaning, the next meeting will likely see a quarter of a percent rate hike. Uh, until we actually see uh, these numbers come down significantly where they can, in fact, pause interest rates or even even take a step back. But again, I think it's too close to call. 
Um, so bottom line, good news from the inflation front on um, the reaction from the market. Uh, it's a bit surprising okay. in my opinion because um, I was expecting to see a sharp rally on good news. Who knows? Maybe we'll see it right after it opens here in a few minutes. Right now, there's a lot of green all across the board. Uh, Dow is up about 87 points. Uh, it's the futures. We'll keep you updated. We'll get another update from you in about an hour if your voice holds out and talk to you again tomorrow morning. <laughs> Thanks, Jets. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 742. Um, one of the things that we didn't talk about, it came north towards the uh, end of the year. Do you know our uh, good friend Aaron Paul has legally changed his uh, last name? To Paul? Yep. I did not know that. Actor born Aaron Paul Sturdivant filed a petition to make his show business moniker official and establish uniformity in his family's name, according to legal papers. That means the actor and his wife, Lauren Parsikian, along with their four-year-old daughter, have the last name of Paul now. Yep, an infant son will go by the last name of Paul. Two children have had the last name Paul since their birth, according uh, to uh, records. Petition aims to change the uh, youngest's name, by the way, from Casper Emerson Paul. Why are you changing that name? Casper's a great name. <laughs> to Ryden Caspian Paul. So not only did they change their last name, but now um, their their youngest son, Casper Emerson Paul, for whatever reason, they decided that was a crappy name. I hope I didn't have anything to do with that. To Ryden Caspian Paul. It's, it's it's interesting that somebody you know the, the the child I don't know how old is the the child a couple of years old I don't something? I don't even think it's a couple of years old it's it's interesting though that you know time would pass and they'd go you know what would have been a better name <laughs> I mean that's 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 unusual yeah now a lot of people you know maybe thought that Paul has always been his real last name last name before that was Sturdivant you know what. It, it, What's interesting? I thought his I thought his given name was Aaron Michael Sturdivant, and they just made up Paul because when he first came out, he was going to go by Aaron Michael Paul, and then he, and then he dropped the Michael. But hey, I could be wrong. Well, it's nice to see now that everybody in the family will have the same name, there so we go. it won't cause confusion even in their own family. KBY News Time is seven forty four. It's good a final check on what's going on with sports this morning with Rick Worthington. It is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Of course, with the name Pork Belly, you got to know that they make great pork belly, and they really do. One of the items on their menu you might want to check out is their pork belly bites, smoked for 11 or 12 hours on the smoker, and uh, dipped and uh, deep fried with a special sauce. It's absolutely fantastic. Try it out today at Pork Belly and Cuna. Good morning. Looking at the NFL, sure, there are playoff games this weekend, but why not talk about one of the teams that has no shot of being in the NFL playoffs right away? Talking about the Denver Broncos. Well, maybe they do next season. It depends on what happens. They're looking at new head coaches right now after Nathaniel Hackett got fired. And they're talking with several high-profile coaches about their vacancy. Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and now, former Stanford coach David Shaw has been interviewed by the Broncos as of yesterday, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Now, Shaw, by the way, while he did spend the last 16 seasons at Stanford, he does have some ties to the NFL. Between 1997 and 2005, he was in the NFL coaching with the Philadelphia Eagles, as well as the Oakland Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Shaw, who 
hasn't had a lot of success recently at Stanford. His second straight three and nine seasons in the Pac-12 and wrapped up a 14 and 28 stretch since the start of the 2019 season. Shaw, though, an assistant coach for four seasons with the Cardinals before being promoted. He's the winningest coach in Stanford history, by the way, with a 96 and 54 record, despite what's happened recently with the Stanford Cardinal. I'm Rick Worthington. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.52, phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Toll free from wherever you might be listening this morning. That number is 1-800-529-5264. Remember, you can also uh, email us also, chris at kboi.com and uh, mike at kboi.com. If you are listening uh, here in Idaho this morning, this is for you too, Chris. Are, are you happy? You're an Idahoan. Are you happy here in Idaho? Uh, is it a rhetorical question? Or? No. no. Are, are you happy as yeah. an Idahoan? On a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. 1 being bad, 10 being good. I don't know. I'm okay. 9? 5? 5 and a half? I, I don't know. I mean... I'm not deliriously happy, but I'm happy enough. Uh, according to uh, Wallet Hub, they compared 50 states across 30 key indicators of happiness. Mm-hmm. And Idahoans are the sixth happiest in the nation. Well, see, right there, there are five states I'd probably rather be in. Maybe. Would you rather be in New Jersey? It doesn't feel like I would at the moment. No. <laughs> well, they're number five. They're a little happier than uh, Idaho. Our, our neighbor to the uh, southeast of us, Utah, was number four. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, number three. Nah, too cold. Maryland, number two. And I know you would much rather live in the number one happiest state, and there's good reason why it's happy. W- which is? Hawaii. Hawaii is the happiest state. You know, I've I've been to in my lifetime. I've been to Hawaii five different times, and I have to admit, I was happy all five See? of those times. Uh, it, happiness um, where Idaho ranks um, very well as as far as the thirty key indicators. Adequate sleep rate. I, I don't agree with that, but you and I both would disagree because of our jobs. We True. don't get adequate sleep. Yeah. Um, rank number four in the percent of civilian labor force. 13th in the number of work hours, meaning we work a little less the, than, the than thir- the rest of the, the country. <laughs> we rank 13th. We were the 13th least? Yeah. Oh, I can. Right. Um, 16th in volunteer rate, 13th in separation and uh, divorce rates, and 8th in income growth. Now, don't get income growth confused with income. Income. I mean, so, so okay, if we're 8th on... This list or thirteenth, it's it's the, it's the positive way. Yes, okay. Yes, so, not the negative. So we have the thirteenth fewest divorces. Yes. Okay. Um, eighth, we're, we have the eighth best income growth. That doesn't mean we have the eighth most income per person. Mm-hmm. It's that we're growing quicker than uh, almost every other state. Anyway, checking in number six. That that's not bad. Well, yes, because we have room to grow. Yeah, and and if it, if you feel like that is bad, uh, maybe you need to move the hell out of Idaho because you're not happy enough to be a part of our happy little state. Yeah. If 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 you rate, let's say a four, consider moving. Yeah, and by the way, um, you can you can move to Oregon, Washington, Montana, 
Nevada, anyone, none of those states showed up in the top 10. So if you feel like, you know, you're, you're not happy being here in Idaho, there's some miserable okay. states around us that you can move okay, to. That's a good point. <laughs> but you, but Utah's happier. Yeah, Utah, and Utah's Hawaii's just happy. a little happier. Hawaii's much happier. How can you not be happy in Hawaii? Again, I mean, the longest I've stayed there is about seven days, but I was happy the whole time. The average temperature. I, I don't know what it would be like if I had to be there year round. What is the average temperature? Seventy-eight every single day mm-hmm. with a lot of sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Still, again, it still feels like I'd be happy there. I, I, I'd be willing to test it out. KBOI News Time seven fifty six. Stick around. Still on the way for you this morning. We have those Hank Williams Jr. tickets. Uh, we'll be giving those away. He's going to be here on July, in July. I think it's the uh, 14th, July 14th, Fort Idaho Center. Win them before you can buy them. They don't even go on sale till tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., but you can lock in your tickets. Keep listening. Your chance to win coming up here sometime before 10. And we will have another pair of tickets to, or another two pair of tickets to give away for the Harlem Globetrotters, who will be here the end of the month at the Ford Idaho Center, too, on January 31st. Listen in to win all those. Plus, we have the Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question for R&R Barbecue. Haven't heard the question yet? Want to start working on it? Uh, we'll give it to you coming up right after traffic and weather. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.07. Good morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. That's our phone numbers to get through. Email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. On the way, coming up in about 30 minutes uh, from right now, going to be talking a little bit about the uh, CUNA Rodeo, the competing CUNA Rodeos. One of them, of course, plug got pulled. So the mayor says the last straw was death threats. This really is the wild, wild west. We've got uh, owners of Crooked 8 who will be in here this morning talking about um, they're the ones that worked with the city last year to bring back a rodeo. Uh, hadn't been a CUNA rodeo in over yeah. 10 years, and they worked uh, at, at bringing it back. We'll get the details on what's going on, uh, the death threats, the whole story coming up here uh, on the way in about 35 uh, minutes from right now. Told you uh, earlier... Gave you a little bit of tease. We're going to have a COVID conversation. One of our most favorite things to talk about over the last three years. Hashtag sarcasm. Um, President <laughs> Biden, you might remember during a television interview in September, said that the uh, COVID-19 pandemic is over. Not so fast. I did not remember that, but, you know. 60 Minutes interview. He uh, said, hey, it's great. We're doing great. COVID pandemic is over. Um, however, the Biden administration yesterday just extended the COVID-19 uh, health emergency yet again for another few months. So, okay, so it's not over. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I, he either misspoke or, like his classified documents, had no idea one, one or the other. I, I, I tend to believe he misspoke because immediately afterwards the uh, government agencies... Um, came out and, and, and tried to walk back. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's less, but the COVID pandemic is not necessarily over. And as proof, like I said, COVID-19 public health emergency has been extended yet again for another three months. So is he just kind of... Uh, Winging it? Uh, saying things that uh, he thinks will make people happy? Maybe. I mean, that was before the election, so yeah, it very well possibly could be. The other uh, news having to do with COVID, uh, COVID, the Pentagon formally 
dropped its COVID-19 vaccination mandate yesterday. But a new memo signed by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin also gives commanders some discretion in how or whether to deploy troops who are not vaccinated. Austin's memo has been widely anticipated ever since the legislation signed into law on December 23rd gave him 30 days to rescind the mandates. Defense Department had already stopped all related person uh, personnel actions, such as discharging troops who refused the shot. We talked a lot about this, that if you refuse the shot, then you were going to be dumped out of the military. Mm-hmm. Austin, who instituted the mandate in August of 2021 after the Pfizer vaccine was approved by the Food and Drug Administration, and as coronavirus pandemic raged, was staunch in his desire to maintain it, insisting the vaccine was necessary to protect the health health of the uh, military. In addition to ending uh, efforts to discharge troops who refused the vaccine, Austin's memo says that those who sought exemptions and were denied will have their records updated and any letters of reprimand will be removed from their permanent files. <gasps> the dreaded permanent files. <laughs> Which, uh, how many people can actually see those? <laughs> those who were discharged for refusing to obey a lawful order to take the vaccine received either an honorable discharge or will receive either an honorable honorable discharge or general discharge under honorable conditions. So those who were dishonorably discharged for disobeying an order It'll be will also have their records changed. Well, I, I mean, that's good for them. Yeah. Austin Memo says that anyone who is discharged can petition their military service to request a change in the characterization of their discharge in their, once again, yeah, I mean, personal cause, records. Because you'd hate that to, you know, you'd hate for that to be uh, somebody's legacy that they were dishonorably discharged after, you know, maybe a distinguished career. Yeah. I, because, I, and I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is that if you were dishonorably discharged, it doesn't say, you know, necessarily the reason and if it did say the reason it would probably say failure to obey obey orders yeah which, it probably uh, doesn't go into details and say refuse to get a covid 19 vaccination when told that they had to do it yeah it probably wouldn't be that specific roughly 99 percent of active duty troops navy air force and marine corps had gotten the vaccine 98 percent of the army the guard and reserve rates are lower but generally um all Areas of the military are all well over 90%. Wow. According to data compiled by the uh, military in early December, the Marine Corps, you know, they're kind of they're kind of strict on orders. Uh, they led... They've been known to be, yeah. Yeah, they led the services well, Let me with, guess, 100%? N- no, I'm talking about discharges oh. here. They led the services with 3,717 Marines who were discharged from duty. Wow. There have been 2,041 discharged from the Navy, 1,841 from the Army, and 834 from the Air Force. But again, that's fewer than, say, 5% of any of those yeah. services. Air Force data, by the way, if you're wondering, what about Space Force? Did they, did they all get, any of them get discharged? Uh, Air Force data includes Space Force. So they kind of linked both of those together instead of separately. Yeah. So anyway, for those of in the uh, military, you know... It, too late if you didn't want to get the COVID vaccine because you were forced to do it already. But I, I think Space Force, mainly the people in it, have been working on computers for a couple of years. I, I don't think any of them have actually been to space. No, not as of yet. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Stick around. Coming up next, we've got that $50 gift certificate. We'll be giving that away to R&R Barbecue for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. We'll do that next right after Bronco Sports today.
Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Just giving away free food left and right all this week. R&R Barbecue is yours for the Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Ben's going to get first crack at our question today. Ben... This is the only country in the world that has ever made skateboarding illegal. Which country made skateboarding skateboarding illegal? Uh, that country is Norway. That country is, is yes, Norway. Norway, seventies and eighties, made skateboarding illegal. It's kind of weird to see. Yeah, kind of weird to see now uh, skateboarding now part of the uh, have their own Olympic games. They have a uh, skateboarding tour, but apparently you were a nefarious individual in Norway if you were skateboarding in the 70s and 80s. It's it's hard to skateboard on snow anyway, (laughs) which is mostly what they have there. Congratulations. Hang on the line, uh, Ben. You've got a $50 gift certificate uh, once again this morning we uh, have for R&R Barbecue. Keep in mind, we're not done with R&R Barbecue. We have another chance for you to win a free... $50 gift certificate coming up tomorrow morning. Also tomorrow morning for your Friday, we have a sweet deal coming your way where R&R Barbecue is one of the two sweet deals that you'll be able to get beginning at 9 o'clock. You can go to KBOI.com, click on the sweet deals link. You have the R&R Barbecue gift certificate. You also have a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro in downtown Meridian with fresh muffins, Papa's Classic Breakfast, that's my favorite, they have five different eggs, Benedicts, avocado toast, biscuits and gravy, um, all that and more, plus great lunches. And uh, once again, you can get both of those tomorrow morning. It's our sweet deal, KBOI.com. Click on that sweet deals link just before 9 o'clock. Hit refresh and take advantage of those two deals before they sell out. They sell out very quickly. Stick around. Coming up here next, we've got news at the bottom of the hour. After that, we're going to talk about death threats, cowboys, and rodeos in CUNA. Oh, my. It's on the way next after news at the bottom of the hour. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.37. Thanks for listening in. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Right now, though, I'd like to welcome into the uh, studio with us uh, Lenny Kitka. She is one of the owners of uh, Crooked 8 Events, and you may have heard the story. We've talked a little bit about it, had it in the news this week, about uh, rodeo canceled in CUNA following death threats. And this has to do with competing rodeos. So my first question for you, first of all, thanks for coming in this morning and talking with us for a few minutes so we can get some info on this. My my first uh, question would be to you, from your guys' standpoint, is this blown up as big as it really looks like it is from the uh, news stories? Because it looks like the wild, wild west is alive and well in CUNA. Good morning, Mike. Thank you for having me. Um, I mean, the the community is concerned for sure. Um, and I think a lot of the citizens are made aware now that the city was trying to um, undercut uh, free enterprise with us. And mostly it was the city clerk um, making decisions, in my opinion, that the mayor should have been making. And when they announced the rodeo and um, didn't have funding yet, the citizens were pretty upset about that because the Crooked Eight 
built a perfectly good venue last year. We put on an amazing rodeo. The community loved it, and they wanted to see that again. Um, they were also pretty upset that the city would want to ask for a lot of money from the taxpayers to build another arena when we already built one, and um, it's functioning perfectly. How much money did you guys spend uh, to get the rodeo grounds going last year? Um, probably around two hundred to two hundred and twenty thousand of our and this own was money. Your own money, right? Correct. Yep. Now, the good news from all of this is, if you liked the rodeo last year, that one is still happening, right? Correct. So okay. the city came to us and wanted us to host a rodeo, um, and that was the CUNA rodeo put on by the city, and we did that. And things have fallen apart since then due to the city clerk. Um, emailing us and telling us that they were going their own direction shortly after the rodeo happened. So that is how the second rodeo was born, which is now the CUNA Stampede. That is the rodeo that we are representing, and that's our nonprofit. So you have the CUNA Stampede and then the CUNA Rodeo, which allegedly were going to be held at the exact same time on the exact same days, correct? Correct. Now, earlier this week, the story came out. That due to death threats, that's what the mayor called it, um, that the CUNA rodeo that the city was going to put on has now been canceled officially. Correct. And we got a phone call from a person on their board, on the city's board, for their rodeo um, about seven to ten days ago, um, letting us know that the city had been getting sort of death threats and interestingly enough those started coming in for three to four days after the rodeo happened and the person was saying i hope you die um what's interesting about that is we had never heard anything we were still on the cuna rodeo board um until like october 26th i think is the day that we were basically forced to resign off of their board and we had never heard anything like that and now the city shuts down their rodeo due to a death threat just on Monday. And I mean, it's, I mean, you can, you can read between the lines if you want, but I just feel like the city clerk was not willing to go to city council on the 17th and answer to the citizens on why she's wanting to ask for a lot of money to build a rodeo arena when the community could use something like a sports complex. So I have to ask, did you or anybody, you know, make a death threat? Absolutely not. All right. Where where do you and, and the other question I wanted to ask is you said you were forced off the rodeo board. How how did that take place? So shortly after the rodeo, we got the email from the city clerk saying that the rodeo was so successful and so profitable that the city had decided to purchase their own arena. They were working to get their own bleachers and they were moving ahead for twenty twenty three without the cricket eight. And that's what was a slap in the face and the sucker punch. Uh, because Cody and I had our heart and soul into this. This meant so much to us to be able to do this for the community. And not only did we put a lot of money into it, uh, it was supposed to be an annual thing. The city clerk wanted to, wanted to talk to us about hosting their spring carnival and several other city events at our property. So we were always told that this was going to be a long lasting relationship with the city. So you can see how that was a slap in the face. Um, fast forward to October, the mayor heard some scuttlebutt. He and the, um, president of the, of the city council, Greg McPherson, came over and chatted with us. That is when the mayor said, it's going to be a bidding process. That's city code. 
um, but you're the only ones with a rodeo arena. So as long as you put a bid in, we will still host the rodeo with the Crooked Eight. And that made us feel a lot better. We were fine with that. We told him that we would definitely put the bid in. And then in November, a friend of ours um, that was at the ICA, which is the Idaho Cowboy Association board meeting, said that Chris Ingalls had announced to the ICA that they were moving ahead with their own rodeo at a new location. She also announced that she had plenty of money. She was sending board members to Las Vegas in December to buy a brand new Prefert arena and that she wanted the ICA to sanction their rodeo. And um, that was that was the second sucker punch slap in the face. I mean, you can only treat people like that for so long before they go, wait a minute, this isn't right. So after learning that in November, um, Cody and I discussed it with our friends and we started the CUNA Stampede. And what is so cool about the CUNA Stampede, besides the fact that we're a nonprofit organization that we can give back to the community, is everybody on our board, 18 to 20 people, all of them were involved in building that arena and that and the production end of that rodeo, the city has no idea how to do that. And we're very blessed with a lot of people that are boots on the ground, hardworking people that have their hearts into doing this for our community. As far as you know, has this been a long time goal for the city of CUNA to have this big recreation center and everything, or did they just come up with this in the past year? Well, it's interesting because the citizens have been asking for a recreation center, soccer fields, base, you know, baseball fields, whatever it is for at, Geez, as long as I've been in CUNA, at least 11 years, and it's never happened. So um, the mayor is now saying it's unfortunate that the rodeo was canceled because they were going to use the funds from the rodeo to build that facility for the community. But I I just feel like, no, the community's been asking for that. Um, The city said that they've been wanting to put a rodeo on for many years, but in the reality of it, it was the Lions Club that brought that idea to CUNA about four years ago. And then the city clerk took that idea and ran with it. And I think it's more for notoriety on her and not necessarily what's best for the community. The Lions Club like they do in Meridian. Correct. Yeah, Yeah, the CUNA Lions Club came to the city clerk with that idea to have a rodeo. They just couldn't find a place to do it. So um, when they met Cody and I and realized we had a roping arena, they were pretty excited about that. What was the venue that they had come up with? Was it just an open field they were going to drop something into or? So the city has owned, um, it's like a 19 or 20 acre plot off of Meadowview for about nine years. And that's, and that to me is like, okay, you've already had the land all these years. Now you want to turn it into a rodeo arena and spend all this money after seeing if it would be successful using us as that avenue. So they've had the land, um, and, and it's in a great location for the center. So I just feel like, they should have at least had a committee for the center 10 years ago. I mean, just think about that. If they had formed a committee to fundraise to help build that center, we would probably have that center right now. Yeah, it sounds like Shark Tank. You guys get this <laughs> get this established and make sure it's successful, and then we'll just then, take it over. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's go back, because there used to be a rodeo every year in CUNA, correct? Um, was the city any part of saying, hey, let's get together, let's see if somebody can form a rodeo or was that your guys's idea it's like i want to have a rodeo i want to be a part of this let's put this together uh, no it was the city's idea so um cody and i decided to turn our farm and our shop into a little bar a little concert venue and that's how it became the cricket eight events a couple years ago and it really was just a place where we all hung out so we cody went to the city to make sure we didn't need any permits 
and and that's when the city brought the idea to us and asked us if we would do it. We did not have a rodeo arena. We had a roping arena mm-hmm. for personal use. So that's why we had to put so much money in it to build that for the for the community. Need to take a break uh, here once again. We're talking with Lenny Kidka. She is uh, one of the owners of Crooked Eight Events, who are putting on, I'm going to get this right, Cuna Stampede, officially, um, because Cuna Rodeo now officially not going to happen, right? It, 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 that's what the city has announced, correct? Indefinitely canceled. All right. Um, we'll take a break here. We've got more questions for you coming up here next. News Talk KBOI News Time, 847. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.52, once again, we are talking with Lenny Kitka of Crooked 8 and the Wild Wild West, live and well in uh, CUNA. Battling rodeos going on right now. Now, we had heard from you before, uh, as we were talking earlier, that said that the death threat was, I hope you die. Were there other death threats, or was that the only confirmed death threat that you know of? That is the only confirmed one that we know of. Is that really, I hope you die, is that really a death threat, or is that a wish? I mean, it's not a very nice thing to say. Um, I guess that's up to the person that's receiving it. All right. Um, Question for you. I mean, because a lot of this seems like in what you've described, and I know you're trying to describe the city, the city standpoint from your perspective, but a lot of this sounds like it's some of the city's left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing or was doing. Absolutely. Is this something that can be fixed? Can you put the relationship back together so that it goes to what it was last year where you and the city are both working together to make a great rodeo for everybody? Well, I mean, we would definitely be open to that. We are now a board, so um, I would have to take that to the board and see what the board thinks about bringing the city back into it. Um, but from this point forward, uh, you know, this, the mayor says he is supporting us fully, which we definitely appreciate. Um, we are just wanting to bring more than just the rodeo. You know, we, we want to do several events for the community and being a nonprofit, we can give that back into the community. So I think the mayor was really happy that that, that was the direction we went with our rodeo. Uh, you're a, you're a nonprofit. I mean, the, the proceeds go where? Well, <laughs> we don't have any yet because we're new. Well, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> if there um, are where, someday, where, sometime yeah. in the future, where, proceeds, where, do, where, where do, would they where, go? Where do you imagine the proceeds <laughs> will go? How's that? Yeah. We... Um, are starting to bounce ideas like for instance this year uh the board just put in everybody donated some of their own money and we adopted a family of nine with seven children that wow. didn't have anything for christmas so that was really cool between all of us working together we were able to get about twelve hundred dollars and make sure those kids had gifts that they needed and wanted for christmas so that's something that we really enjoyed we want to do um like a, a Christmas in July barrel race and make that a fundraiser to raise money to grow that part of the account to give back on a Christmas level. Um, things like that. We want to, we want to be able to have enough money in our account to host clinics because really the, the drive behind us is to bring Western culture, um, back into our community. We feel like it's slowly slipping away. Um, and our arena is actually named the Kobe J. Clark Memorial Arena. And that's a young man that lived in a subdivision, always wanted to be a cowboy, 
paired himself with us. He learned to rope and ride in, in our small little arena. And he unfortunately was killed in the Selway River. And, um, we did his memorial at our, at our property. And that's when my husband announced that we were going to build a roping arena and we were going to name it after him. So there's just a lot of heart and, and really with, with him, he did not have an avenue to enjoy Western culture. And we know there's a lot of children in town or even young people in town that want that. So by, through the nonprofit agency, we can host clinics. We can teach kids how to rope. We can teach them about cattle and, horsemanship and and try to keep the western culture alive because it's important to every single person on our board when is the uh, date of the uh, cuna stampede this year september 1st and 2nd labor day weekend all right just a a quick question before we wrap things up here say say the city you know you you guys can't work things out in the city in the future decides you know no you know what we're going to do our own rodeo would you have had a problem if they did their own rodeo say at a different time of year say they said you know what we're going to do a rodeo but we're going to do ours in the spring Instead of trying to do it on the same exact days as you? I mean, no. I, you know, if the community wants two rodeos and, and we can change dates around, I mean, it's all about not making the community choose between two rodeos. Right. Uh, Lenny, Kitka, Crooked 8 uh, events, thank you for uh, coming in, giving us uh, your side of the story uh, here today. It so- sounds like you'll be able to put this back together and maybe uh, be working with the uh, city. But good luck this year on the rodeo. Once again, it's going to be happening Labor Day weekend. The CUNA Stampede this uh, year going on Labor Day weekend in CUNA. Thanks for keeping the Wild West alive and well. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Mike. Come out and see us in September. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, we'll take a break. News coming up at the top of the hour. Phone lines and emails will be open. If you want to email, Mike at KBY.com or Chris at KBY. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 9 o'clock hour uh, we go, 208-336-3700, toll-free 1-800-529-5264. If you uh, want to take part in the show, you can also email Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. Dow uh, up now, 108 points across the board. Looks like most of the uh, indexes, most everything is in the green. Uh, digital currencies are in the green. Uh, Bitcoin is up over 600 points, back up over 18,000 today. So uh, even though earlier this morning as the stock market opened, it looked like the stock market had dropped over 100 points. It's uh, gained about 200 points back to be up uh, about 108 points as of right now. So good news was, for those of you with uh, retirement accounts or investments in the stock market. It's kind of interesting. Uh, there are some companies that uh, it's it's widely known that they're failing. Bed Bath & Beyond is one. And their stock went up something like 68% yesterday because people are buying into these companies just hoping for a jump like that. I was wondering when I heard that this morning if that was also big. If you remember, Bed Bath & uh, Board to Tears, as I call it, um, was one of those companies, those mean companies that people were buying into. And I was wondering if we're starting to see that again, because we just heard last week Bed Bath & Beyond is on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. So why is the stock going up 60? Well, and it when was, the company it was, itself says we are on the verge of bankruptcy it, and having to close down everything. Very close to the same thing that happened with GameStop. Yeah. You know, that they were reporting just huge losses and that they might go out of business, and all of a sudden their stock went way up. Because people were figuring out ways to make money. 
want to thank uh, the KidCuz for coming in here once again this morning talking about the uh, CUNA Rodeo versus the CUNA Stampede. Officially now, as we heard this morning, only going to be the uh, CUNA Stampede. Uh, the city is, has dropped out, but it, it sounds like there's a, a way forward to repairing that relationship and the city and Crooked 8 working together again. It looks like some of this story was also maybe blown out of proportion. I mean, when I heard that the uh, actual... Death threat? Death threat. The text was, said, I, I hope, hope you die. Yeah. Well, that's a death wish. It's, yeah. It's, is that really, you know, I'm like, going, like to, I, like I'm I going wondered, to kill you as a death threat. Like I wondered, what do you, what do the police say if you call up and say, hey, I received a death wish? So, like, I mean, and, that. And what? Because we didn't, we didn't officially hear, you know, necessarily if there was more than one. Well, yeah, that's true. Or, you know, if, if the death threat, what the death threat actually said. So if that's what the death threat said, it, it seems to be a little bit blown out of proportion as far as the seriousness of the story. But uh, as we heard there, like I, and I said it in the, as we were talking with uh, Lenny, that it sounds like with the city, when it came to the city, the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing there. And that's where a lot of times when you see problems like this, it comes down and, to a communication. And, and they said it wasn't the city council that was making the moves. It was essentially just the city clerk's office. Yeah. Stick around. Still before uh, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, rather. Still before 10 o'clock, we have another chance for you to get your Hank Williams Jr. tickets. Bo Cephas will be here coming up on July the 14th at the Fort Idaho Center. You have a chance to win your tickets. They don't go on sale till tomorrow morning at uh, 10 a.m., but we'll have a chance for you coming up before 10 a.m. this morning to win your tickets. Also, uh, last night, after... Documents, classified documents found at uh, one of President Biden's offices showed up earlier this week. Apparently, somebody within the Biden administration thought it might be a good idea to go. Or do we have more classified documents being hidden somewhere? Are there other classified documents? And apparently uh, they enacted a search at some of the other locations, offices, and oh, homes oh. of uh, Joe Biden. All I've said is, is if you're going to uh, you know, go on television and, and say that you can't believe somebody could be this careless, be sure you don't have any <laughs> of the same thing before you do that. Yeah, so uh, basically they uh, did a search to see if there you know, might be more classified documents found. Uh, apparently, yes, there were more documents found at another unsecured location. Take a listen. Tonight, the controversy over President Biden's handling of classified information is growing. Revelations, a second batch of classified documents has been discovered by aides to the president, this time in a different location from where the initial documents were found. A person familiar with the matter tells NBC News. Just yesterday, the president defending his handling of classified material. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. We're cooperating fully. Still unclear when these new documents were discovered and if Biden attorneys are still searching for more. Now, top Republicans are calling for Attorney General Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel, the same action he took in response to former President Trump's handling of classified documents that were seized from his Mar-a-Lago home. Garland, if you're listening, if you thought it was necessary, Attorney General, to appoint a special counsel regarding President Trump, then you need to do the exact same thing 
regarding President Biden. The original classified documents, less than a dozen, were found by Biden attorneys a week before the midterms in an office Mr. Biden had used as a private citizen after leaving the vice presidency. They were then handed over, but not disclosed publicly until just this week. While the Trump and Biden cases share similarities, the White House notes key differences, including that the Biden documents were not the subject of an archives request and that once they were discovered, they were quickly turned over. But Republicans are demanding answers in the Biden case. Why does this Department of Justice treat people differently? Every time we find something that comes up before the election dealing with Biden's family, it's pushed under the rug. Tonight, we pressed the White House. Does it undercut the president's promise of transparency that these documents were not revealed for several months after the White House discovered them? But look, you know, so when his lawyers realized that these documents were there, they turned them over to the archives. Chris and the White House and Justice Department are not commenting on the second batch of documents. Meanwhile, House Republicans are investigating. Lester, that's right. The Oversight Committee is looking into the classified documents. And today they announced another investigation into the finances of President Biden and his family, something aides here at the White House say they've been preparing for. Once again, that's from uh, NBC News. And then uh, just a little while ago in the news, we did hear all we had heard up until this point that the documents were found in another uh, unsecured location. We have uh, found out that that was found in a garage in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, one of President Biden's home. So an area Homes. that he was using for storage? Yeah. I don't... I wonder who's... I, I'm guessing that up till now there hasn't been one person who was uh, charged with retrieving uh, top secret documents or classified documents so once they were dispersed and read. And my guess is they will appoint someone to do that hereafter. Especially since, you know, you've seen this happen in, in two different administrations back to back. I mean, there are certain problems. I mean, I wonder how big a problem this probably still would have been being railed on by Republicans. But if when the information was found out on November 2nd, we know that they found these documents on November 2nd. Mm -hmm. Nothing was said until earlier this week. So we've gone over two months. The documents were found. The White House was told. The White House then told the National Archives what was going on. So in that particular right vein, rather, you know, the press secretary is correct. That's how protocol should have been followed. The protocol that wasn't followed is they should never have left the White House. Also, if they were found on November 2nd, why wasn't the public told about it when it happened? What, you know, we're hearing rumors now that the only reason that it is coming out now is because that, the uh, House, who are going to start investigating, and, and Republicans who have taken over the uh, power in the House, are starting to hear about it from whistleblowers that they were found on November 2nd. So they're getting out in front of the story and saying, oh, yeah, look, hey, look what we found back on November 2nd. Yeah, what, my, my, my guess is, uh, no matter who you are, if you find your own documents, that's probably not the sort of thing you want to put in a press release. But... Should you have? Because this is going to come. It's, it's Washington, D.C., right? Does does anything never not come out, right, eventually? Uh, I'm trying to go through the syntax of that, but I think I think no is the <laughs> two, answer. Two yeah. negatives make a positive. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know this is eventually going to come out. 
I think that's the biggest problem of it. There's two problems that I see, and this is just my opinion. I'm not a lawyer or anything like that. Number one, why did you keep this a secret for over two months? Why did you not share this when it happened? Hey, look, we may have a problem here. You might have not seen the outrage from some Republicans had this come out. You still would see people upset because of the way President Trump was uh, treated with classified documents. And I get that there are different circumstances in both of these cases. I I totally understand that. But But the similarity is they're classified documents. There you go. And and you're not supposed to have them, Um, especially as, as vice president. So I, I I get all that, but I wonder if the outrage would be as much had Here's, this not taken so long for Biden to say, you know, hey, we knew this is going on. Here's something I've been wondering since the, the whole thing started with, with uh, President Trump. Uh, when, when there are classified documents, okay, let's say that the president is supposed to read them, the vice president is supposed to read them, maybe the secretary of state, somebody like that is supposed to read them. Are there different copies? Because they don't they don't just pass around one copy of everything, right? I wouldn't think so. Okay. So, I mean, were these ones that the vice president had, I mean, that Biden had from when he was vice president, were they just copies of something? Because I guess the, the archives didn't even know they existed, which is odd. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we will uh, take a break here. We've got some phone calls lined up. Uh, there are still a uh, line or two open if you want to get through right now. Of course, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 21-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, if you uh, want to get in. Wanted to get to this before we get to some of our phone calls. Uh, Laura wrote in, asked the uh, question uh, on uh, email, writes in, I don't know if I missed it. It didn't. I didn't start listening until the end of your interview, but did Miss Kitka apologize or ask her supporters to not take this rodeo thing so seriously and stop sending wishes of death to the city employee? Did she minimize it or even say she doesn't encourage it or support it? Even say, come on, people, it's just a rodeo. The more, the merrier. We want to keep Western life alive, so let's support both. I didn't hear say any of that on her TV interview uh, either. Um, yes, in our interview, she did say that you know they don't support in any way, shape, or form yeah. um, the death threats. She said she's also they're also open to working with the city uh, again uh, in the in the future. So, and in case you didn't hear the death threat. Um, we'll just tell you from what they told us. The text was, "I hope you die." Right is, is what the death which threat we was. decided is kind of a death death wish. wish. Yeah, kind of a death wish. So Paula wrote in, and and uh, this actually makes pretty good sense here. Let's see. Uh, Paula says, "If you want to find out if texting I hope you die' is a death threat, send it to the president." Completely. Different. I don't. I don't want to find out that. Yeah, much. And, and that's completely different too. Uh, another email in, Robin writes in, I really hope Rich calls in defending the second batch of uh, documents because he will definitely have an explanation that makes it look above board compared to the nasty orange man. Happy Thursday. That's from uh, Robin. Hey, Robin, your 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 wish it may come true here. Rich in Boise is on the line with us this morning. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. Asking you well, first thing, first thing, the reason Trump Trump is being investigated 
for obstruction of justice because he, he had a subpoena to return those documents and he lied and said he returned them all and kept them. That was the problem. And somebody ratted him out. That was the probable cause for a search warrant of his house. One. Uh, two, you're talking about Biden not re- not telling the telling everybody that they found him at his uh, office for two months. Trump kept it a secret for a year that the archives was trying to get documents from him for a year before he, he didn't he didn't report that he had them until after the they went to his residence with and issued a subpoena. So your defense so that, for the, for the thing is because Trump did it, then it's okay for Biden to do it. Well, no, it's it's not a defense. I'm just saying, why didn't you mention Trump held it back a year? Well, and you keep mentioning that Biden held it back for two months. We we have we talked about this back six months ago. So we we have talked about it. We're now talking about a new story that is oh, out. You 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 were asking. Well, why didn't Trump release this a year ago? What was the reason for that? You you were you were saying that. I, I, I guess I, I missed that. Part. Yeah, no, we did say it, and and part of the reason that we gave was. And we don't know if it's true or not because this hasn't gone to court. He hasn't been indicted. Is that he said as president he has the right to declassify yeah, those are the what major, he wants. Those are what he major, wants to. So those are the major differences. Oh, in in that, Trump's case, uh, they asked for the documents and said, "We know you have these. Can we have them back?" And he said no. And in Bush's case, he called or his organization called them and said. We found these documents, and we're going to give them to you. So, yeah, and those are those wait, are the wait, differences. I mean, they, they, in, they both still had documents. But yeah, that, and those those are the differences the, in the case. Yeah, that's where the similarity wait, ends. Wait, however, wait however, neither wait. of them, President Trump nor Vice President Biden, unless the documents were declassified by the President of the United States, both of them were illegal to have those documents in an unsecured location. Uh, if one, it was illegal to take the documents, classified or not, because they belong to the archives. Two, and the conversation you were talking about happening with Trump was six months or a year was was a year after Trump took them, and they knew, and they didn't release it. Yeah. You didn't even hear about Trump having those documents till a year after he took them. I understand that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's okay. not okay. what we're talking you're, you're, about this morning, but thanks for. Giving us that information well, you're tap dancing uh, again. Around what you're saying, I am not tap stuff. dancing one little bit at all. We're talking about President Biden right now, not President Trump. Believe me, you don't want to see him tap dancing. Yeah, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Robin, you were right. He tried to make it sound like everything Biden was doing was uh, completely above board. Uh, Gary Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, there's three or four comparisons between Biden and Trump that in some cases of being overlooked, you know, Biden says, you know, side says, well, we gave them back as soon as we found them and Trump didn't. But remember, there were three cases of these classified documents. There's Trump, there's Biden, there was Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton not only did not give them back after they were subpoenaed, she destroyed them. Second, well, that was email. Donald Trump. Th- that was emails. It wasn't classified documents. Well, well, well. They had classified documents or information in the emails. You're you're still talking classified on material her, on her on her personal server. 
Yeah. Once again, I, d- I don't want to get down the but, rabbit but, hole because once again, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say well, get into I'm what just, a, what about is kind of that, yeah. I'm just throws out the the claim from Biden that well we gave them back right away, and so we shouldn't be prosecuted because why didn't they prosecute uh, Hillary? Well, and here's here's the other thing on that point before you move on, um, saying that we gave them back right away. No, you gave them back right away when you got caught with them. You didn't give them back right away. If you gave them back right away, that would have happened six years before that, not six years later. So once they found them, they gave them back. They didn't give them back right away. Yeah, and that come, leads into the second item is Trump knew he had the the documents, and he had them locked in a secure room. Apparently, Biden didn't even know he had them. That's more of a concern to me than the president having them and knowing he has them and has them locked up. you got a point there. It's it's weird to just lose them. Well, and the the other thing, and thank you for the call, Gary. The other thing that the point's being made, and we got to move on and take a break here, is that, hey, at least Biden had him in a locked closet in an office. Well, Trump had his in a locked basement room in his house in a gated community where he has Secret Service people. So which one is more secure, Mar-a-Lago or uh, an office where people can come and go and the person who has the documents doesn't even know he had classified documents? I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but if you're trying to, to compare the two, which one's more secure? There really ought to be procedure for what you do with a classified document after you're done using it. <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 935-208-336-3700. If you have a Verizon Wireless phone, just hit pound 670. Also, toll-free 1-800-529-5264. Mike writes in uh, and says, Is there any way to get the recorded interview or a link to uh, the interview with Lenny today uh, regarding the CUNA Rodeo? Yes. Uh, coming up after our show, there will be a link on our podcast. If you want to hear the whole interview, just go to KBOI.com and then go to podcast, click on Casper and uh, Chris show, and uh, you can do that. Don't do it now. It's not there quite yet, uh, but we will get that done. Oh, Nathaniel, our producer, is working on it right now. So those of you who uh, didn't get a chance to hear the interview or the whole interview in its entirety, you'll be able to get that coming up on our podcast here in just a little bit earlier we were talking about uh you know the happiness factor if you live in idaho we mm-hmm. were sixth we're, happiest we're, state. We're, we were the sixth happiest state uh bruce and loman wrote and he says glad you are happy today but covid bird flu the devil and joe biden are sure having their way with us i had to pay five tw- doesn't that sound like a song covid bird flu the <laughs> devil and joe biden i now, had to pay hank williams jr could do yeah. that song pretty good i think uh, I had to pay five twenty eight. He says for a twelve pack of eggs. Yeah. Also, I heard on KBOI the other day that we have lost our miserable rating in regard to the gasoline prices. Don't worry, we'll regain that ugly position soon. The only reason we have better prices than some is the Idaho lag. It's a great life if you don't weaken, though. Have a great day. That's Bruce and Loman. Thank you, Bruce. Today's show is sponsored by eggs. At $5 a dozen, they become a special occasion food, kind of like barnyard caviar. Eggs. <laughs> barnyard, that's, we'll call it barnyard, barnyard caviar ca- from well, now on. Because caviar is just eggs, right? Yeah. 
And and with the price, it's getting up there with regular caviar, right? Yeah. Jim wrote in and says, good day, with neither case being like a murder, a more accurate criminal comparison is Trump's grand theft to Biden's petty theft. Additionally, yes, it's a general rule that ignorance of the law is not a defense. However, there are exceptions to the rule in uh, limited circumstances, ignorance of the law or simply not realizing that something is illegal can be a defense. Under some statutes, the required mental state is that the defendant knows that their conduct is unlawful. Therefore, if a crime requires that the defendant knows that they are in violation of the law at the time of the offense, and the defendant, in fact, did not know that their conduct was unlawful, the necessary mental state does not exist. In this limited circumstance, ignorance of the law would be a complete defense because an element of the offense cannot be proven. By the way, the vice president is authorized to declassify information documents that he classified. And the time such documents have been illegally stored is moot if stored securely, unlike Trump's, which were spread around Mar-a-Lago and at least one other location. By the way, sentencing is heavily influenced by the degree of cooperation with the authorities. Uh, That score, Trump minus 5%, Biden 100%. These are a few quick scribbles since uh, more of Biden's classified documents just came to light yesterday and have yet to be detailed. Until then, the comparison is incomplete. The only thing I would say to that, um, Jim, is that uh, uh, nobody, th- th- there was no ignorance of the law. Both no, of them, I think they both they, know that they, it was they, illegal. They, they both know the law. I think in, in Biden's case, he didn't seem to know that he had uh, these documents. And in Trump's case i think he was just saving them for his own uh i don't know maybe his own presidential library they always end up building one of those well you can look at biden's case and and say that about his presidency he doesn't know a lot going on in his entire presidency so uh, it's it's kind of a you know not a moot case is to say hey i don't know what was going on forgive me because you know he's been accused of not knowing a lot about what's going on uh during his presidency too this is going to be problematic in Newsweek had a, a great article on this about the DOJ facing a new nightmare and trying to prosecute Trump on this. Theoretically, they said the latest developments involving Biden would have no legal effect on the DOJ's probe in, into Trump. But realistically, it changes everything, according to former federal prosecutor and president of West Coast trial lawyers, Nehemiah Romani. Um, he basically said that the politics surrounding this situation will certainly create some optics problem for the Department of Justice. If Garland decides to charge Trump, there will be subsequent questions about the Biden indictment. While there are clear differences between the two cases, as we have laid out, Garland is going to have a tough time explaining to the American people why it's a crime for Trump to take classified material, but not for Biden. Biden officials have tried to differentiate the president's situation from Trump's by emphasizing that the number of documents Biden's case significantly uh, were reduced in comparison to his predecessor and that the records were handed over to the authorities uh, immediately once they found them. However, because reports of Biden documents had been back in November, just days before the midterm elections, it's likely Republicans will cry foul over the timing of the announcement of the discovery. If he decides to indict Trump and not indict Biden, how will he do so without casting doubt on his entire agency? So it does become a problem with optics. Maybe not necessarily due to the letters of the law, but optically it's going to be causing a problem with this. It would be much easier to indict Trump and not get any blowback had Biden not had 
the materials fat. And by the way, in the previous email, you know, it's perfectly fine to have classified documents as long as it's secure. A garage and an office building are not secure. That yeah, was the problem prob- that people said with Trump. It's like so Mar-a-Lago is not secure. But when you look at the two locations or the three different locations, it seems like Mar-a-Lago was a lot more secure than a garage, at a home in Delaware, and a locked closet in an office in, uh, where, I don't know what the city was where they found it, um, the other documents. So I, I, don't, I don't, both, all three of the locations would yeah. be considered unsecure when it comes to classified documents. This is in, in regard to our uh, CUNA stampede um, interview that we did. Listener in CUNA writes in and says, I call BS. It's a business. She's a salesperson, and they are establishing a monopoly a la the mafia by strong-arming the city and citizens to do things their way or else. They aren't doing this out of the kindness of their heart or for the community. It's for their bank account, which is fine, but come out and say it. And don't expect everyone to not ask questions and just go along. Uh, they are a nonprofit, actually. So it's not for their bank account. Right. Now, the fact that they've, I mean, publicly said it in television interviews, they said it on our radio station today that they, uh, this is a nonprofit. So you're going to be able to do records requests. I mean, it's going to be public knowledge. So if they are indeed saying that it's, a nonprofit. I mean, they get certain tax advantages uh, because it is a nonprofit. But you're going to be able to request those records to find out if it actually is nonprofit or if they're skimming profits or not. So by saying it publicly, um, I don't, I don't necessarily know that you can say, "Oh no, they're 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 making a profit off this." The other thing is, in case you missed the interview this morning, they're more than willing to continue working with the city. They said. If the city wants to continue in, in the same way that they had last year in doing the uh, stampede, they'd be more than willing to continue yeah. um, working well, with you, the city in that situation. You, you heard the news report. The, the city was actually uh, planning to cancel the rodeo anyway when they found out that the two were, on the, were scheduled for the same weekend. Yeah. But the city also doesn't have their rodeo completely put together yet. And paid for. Yeah, no, so, I mean, yeah. they would still have to find a place to do it, build it out, and, and get it ready. And granted, I, I will say, for everybody who listened today, and for Chris and myself, we, we just heard one side. We heard Crooked Eight's side of this. We did not hear and have not heard the uh, side from the Cuda City Council. Crooked Eight sounds like a... Tarantino movie does well. It, hate, really, it hateful, really does. Hateful, yeah. yeah, it really does. Uh, this this is not signed, but it says, "I wonder if it was a public raid or a discreet search off the air and out of sight." Wow, what a bunch of BS! Uh, in the case of Biden, it wasn't the FBI raiding the place; it was just uh, Biden's own uh, people finding the documents and then turning them in. So, the, no, I don't think there's been an FBI raid. The FBI might want to start looking at a few places, considering they're starting to pop up um, a lot, but they haven't done it yet. Uh, Text message uh, says, uh, no name on this, says the reason two months with Biden matters because of the effect it would have had on the election. And didn't Biden say how irresponsible it was for Trump having these documents? Yeah, he did. Again, before you make a statement like that, you better make sure that your house is clean. Um, Biden, another text message says, Biden's garage door code, one, two, three, four. Uh, you can't blame a guy for having docs when he can't even remember if the kids uh, hand to shake or just uh, empty air. 
Bill says, let me get this straight. Biden has classified documents in his possession that the people that are supposed to be keeping track of classified documents didn't even know existed. And nobody has a problem with it. Actually, no. <laughs> no, people do have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, people have a problem um, with it. He goes on, can Biden now as president unclassify them and release them to the public? I would like to see uh, no less happen. Uh, it might be a little late for that. Royce writes in, hello, several people have been directly uh, gone to jail for possessing secret documents. Possessing it is against the law. All this discussion about when they turn them in and what is in them and on and on, irrelevant. Possessing them is against the law if you were never supposed to have them in the first place. Right. I don't think we, we necessarily have uh, any law that mentions, you know, if a president still is, you know, reading what he has or whatever. Uh, Kent says... Uh, where are the DOJ and FBI agents at gunpoint going through all of the locations Biden has been using as either a residence or office going back to his days as a VP? The hypocrisy in this nation is disgusting, and I am appalled that the media isn't demanding that Biden is treated the same as Trump was. The fact that Biden didn't know these documents existed is even more upsetting than if he did know. How forgetful or worse deceptive is this man the left calls president? The man the left calls president. Um, he's he's officially in the books, by the way. Yeah, he the right calls him president too. Uh, think tank funded by the CCP seems like a curious place to lose top secret documents. Is the think tank funded by the CCP? I, I, I don't know that if that's a fact or not. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we will take a break. Phone calls, got one person waiting. Stay right where we're at. I promise we'll get to you coming up here next. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 951, phone lines uh, open. Final segment, Paul and Nampa. Thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, both of you. Good job. Um, you know, this, this reminds me of of a book I read probably 55 years ago called um, Hans Christian Andersen's Hans Brinker. Or the, the, or the Silver Skates, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think what Meritless Garland has done and the Department of Injustice has commissioned him to do another pair of skates, which Joe Biden is going to skate off into the sunset wearing them. I don't think he's going to get touched for any of it because he's got Meritless Garland in the bag. So he's going to continue to get everything he wants and everything that he does. And the reason I say this is because we all know that the Democrats are above the law. That's all, right. all I got. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Jim writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com. Would it matter that Biden didn't know he had them for six years and when they found out he turned them uh, a few months after finding them versus Trump taking these docs out, showing them as party favors during fancy dinners with international members of Mar-a-Lago. Do we know he did that? No. Or is a classified doc just classified doc, period? A classified document is just a classified document, period. That, that, I mean, that's it. You have, you have to look yeah. at it. And if you're, if you're going to sit there and say, hey, he didn't know, we don't know that for a fact. We just know that Biden has said he didn't know that they were there, didn't realize that they were there. We're taking his word for it that he doesn't know. We don't know for a fact, just like we don't know for a fact if President Trump declassified the information or the documents that he had. He's, if, you, if you believe one, you have to believe both for, at their word. 
And quite frankly, I don't believe either one. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That might be the best way to go. Terry says uh, we probably shouldn't worry about the documents found before Election Day and not revealed until some later time. We might more properly be concerned about how many documents might be found if a full-scale SWAT raid on Biden's properties was conducted. Or does that conjure up a shootout between the FBI and USSS, which is the Secret Service? Uh, again, that they still might uh, go look for themselves in uh, uh, some of his other storage areas now that they know that they have found documents in, in a couple of them. Uh, they, they, just, they just haven't done it yet. I think they should. Right? I mean, you... you it's bad enough, you know, on Monday when they found it, and, and limited documents. I said, what, a dozen documents or so. Um, but then two days later, it's like, well, I'm guessing the conversation might have gone, you know, do we have any documents in some of the other locations? That's, Maybe we that, need to be looking into those. Yeah, that really should have been the uh, conversation. Dave says, how come they don't keep the original copy of classified documents in a vault and make everybody with a copy destroy it after they look at it? Then they would not be floating around getting the <laughs> leaders of our country in trouble. That would make way too well, much sense. You, you can't just look at it and then commit it to memory or something. There are so many of them that you do have to have them uh, you know, filed to have access to them. But again, at the end of the term... You, you just don't, you know, don't take them home. How about this? You go and you must be, it's like a library. You have to check it out or not. Then check it back in. That's time uh, for today. Boy, it'd be hard to get one of those library cards. Uh, one of the things we haven't done so far yet, as promised, Hank Williams Jr. Concert tickets. You want them? We've got a pair for you right now. Win them before you buy them. 208-336-3700. Caller 6. They're yours.